Leadership Show with Andy Peck. Welcome to the show that helps you lead according to God's purposes. If you're a parent, you'll want to be as good as you can be. Very few set out to do a lousy job. But perhaps few of us consider that this is a leadership role. Indeed, few of us are aware that when the Apostle Paul advises churches on who they should appoint as leaders, the ability to manage their household was one of the required qualities. Parenting has changed much since those days, of course, but it's a good principle that we cut our leadership teeth in the home before we exercise it in a church context. Well, if all that sounds a tad dull, then my guest today can lift your vision of what is possible. I'm delighted to be joined by Andy Frost of Share Jesus International, who is author of a new book, 52 Faith Adventures for Dads and Their Kids. And as it's Father's Day in the UK, it's highly appropriate that we should be having this conversation. So welcome, Andy. Great to have you on the show and to be looking at uh, parenting and leadership within that context. Great to be here. Thank you. Um, So you write in the book of having a great role model or role models, plural, in your life growing up. So tell us a little bit about your own journey as a child. Yeah, I think when I look back at my life and the faith I have now, I'm very aware of certain individuals that really invest into my life. Um, and I share about, um, there's an old World War II veteran um, who'd escaped from a concentration camp and he taught me how to kind of do uh, painting. But just hearing his stories of what God had done through his life was so challenging and compelling. I remember, I think um, there was a family nearby, a Brazilian family that would invite me into their home. And I'd eat kind of a Brazilian food with them. And just their infectious joy and laughter, again, showed me something what the Christian faith is all about. But I think ultimately my parents were key examples, and my dad particularly, um, what it means to be a follower of Jesus. I think he, the way he modelled the Christian faith to me inspired me to live out my faith myself. And, uh, yeah, for obviously many listeners will know your dad was Rob Frost, who had a show on Sunday mornings. I, in fact, I was on his show uh, myself one time. So, um, yeah, a great... Uh, uh, a great advocate for the faith and of course um not just uh, on radio but uh, headed up uh, easter people worked within the methodist church minister himself etc so um great and uh, obviously you you you're the director now of share jesus international which was the charity he founded um i wonder how tough it was following in his footsteps well, actually, I mean, the whole thing was interesting because, I mean, when I was a kid, I really kind of rebelled against the Christian faith and I rebelled against my parents. And um, I found I wanted to find the meaning of life according to myself rather than just adopting my parents' faith and ways of doing things. And so we had tricky kind of teenage years for me and my, my dad. And um, But uh, through God, I think gradually things got sorted out and got worked through there. And then I always vowed as a kid, first of all, never to work for the church and then never to work with my dad. And by the age of 20, I was doing both. So, yeah. No. How God has his plans, nearly. And, and so, yeah, in that phase, I worked, spent eight years working with my father and working in the charity, running the youth and young adult work for him. And then um, he got very seriously ill with cancer and, uh, and um, he died very quickly. And I applied for the role as director and became the director of the charity myself. And that was a massive time of transition for me. I think, um, yeah, just just the whole navigating, uh, having lost, my dad being one of my best friends really, but also losing your boss and your mentor and so many things. It was a very difficult and challenging time. Same time I was getting married as well and moving out, a whole bunch of things happened in one go really. And I guess there was always been a pressure for me to try and be like my father and to try and people often say, can you, you need to follow in his footsteps and 
you've got a big pair of shoes to fill. I always felt that perhaps I haven't got his pair of shoes to fill. There were some similarities, some similar kind of passions and, and, um, and desire to see God work in certain situations. But ultimately it wasn't about me wearing his shoes, but about me finding my own pair of shoes to wear, I think, and then um, finding my own voice. But it's a very challenging time. You're dealing with the grief of what's gone on and you're dealing with that change of having to suddenly manage your organization and at the same time, try to work out what it means for you to lead the way you're called to lead. Sure. And you have people like me coming along asking questions about it. And because you've, you'll always be the, the son of Rob Frost, and that that is, is a something of a, a millstone to 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 uh, carry, I guess. It was great at the, at the end of his life because sometimes he would get, "Oh, are you Andy Frost's dad?" And that was quite a nice little twist, just <laughs> like that, that turn of things. But yeah, there is a legacy there, and I think for him, I mean, my grandfather was a was a kind of kind of key leader in the Methodist Church as well. So there's almost a generational thing there going back in different generations. So I guess we've all lived under this pressure of what it means to be a frost, I guess, um, and having seen our fathers lead in certain ways. And I think for it all, there was so much I'm so thankful for that he he really taught me. I think you know, the importance of prayer, the importance of, of, of dreaming the impossible, the importance of, of taking risks for God. And I think I saw that not only in his personal walk, but also in the way he did ministry. And so uh, I'm so indebted to my father and so what he enabled me to understand, think about what it means to be a Christian today. He, he speaks very movingly of uh, setting up Easter people and the way in which Spring Harvest leadership um, affirmed that decision, because it was a big, big challenge, wasn't it? And to split, well, it wasn't splitting, but it was starting something up very similar to Spring Harvest. And and yet um, he was affirmed by those who did it and he was successful in what he did. Yeah, he was. I mean, these people were good to about 10,000 people. Um, and his heart really was always for the Methodist Church in many ways and being a Methodist and um, wanted to try and create something similar to Spring Harvest for the Methodist uh, constituency. And did a great job in doing that. I think even now, What's, what's incredible about things, even now, most weeks I meet somebody who's impacted by what happened and, and the things that my dad did, really. So and we often underestimate I mean, the, the legacy we can have with our lives. And, um, yeah, and often people think about the big events and, the, and the, the big, you know, tours and that kind of thing they did. But more importantly, it's the individual contact. It's people who say, you know, your dad spent an hour with me chatting through my vocation or... Actually, my dad, your dad spent an hour just talking through what it means to struggle with certain things in faith. And those kind of key moments were almost more important, perhaps, in the long term than the big events. Maybe often underestimate the small things, too. But the small things were very, very powerful in the legacy he left behind. Sure, sure. So, Andy, um, I, I mentioned in the introduction that um, there's a kind of connection between parenting and leadership, and certainly leadership in the local church. Why do you think the Apostle Paul links leading a church with leading the home because he, he clearly says in in his passage you know that someone should be able to manage their household well um as, as part of the quality yeah i think there's a lot of similarity really i think ultimately the church is not an organization the church is family and so if you can manage your kind of a nuclear family i guess well then actually you can manage the church family well but i think also there's a, there's a challenge there for me that there can be a sense whereby we our ministry depends on how we are doing on a Sunday on a platform. Well, really, our ministry first and foremost begins with our family, and it begins with our kids, and it begins with how we treat husbands and wives. And so, really, the home is a place where I think people know who we really are, and how we do ministry in that place should reflect and how we do ministry to the wider community as well. So, for me, there's a kind of a fundamental challenge there. I think that 
whatever we want to see God do in the world or in our churches needs to begin with actually what what does what God wants to do in our family and how are we prayerfully discerning that and how are we releasing our family into their callings and how are we playing a role to to see that battle of faith passed on to the next generation. Yeah. Well, we'll maybe come back that, to that a little later, but it's time a high time we, we talked a little bit about the book. Um, so the book's entitled 52 Faith Adventures for Dads and Their Kids. And um, so describe the book for us, first of all. Well, basically, it's 52 different adventures, things that you can do um, that are activity-based. And the idea behind it partly is to help dads create some key memories with their kids that as you grow older, you probably think about yourself when you were a child, you have that phrase, we always, we always ate fish and chips on a Friday, we always went to the park after church, wherever it could be. But those we always almost create a sense of community and a memory as, as a family unit. And so hopefully this book, first and foremost, will create some really great memories for dads as they invest time with their kids, as they're intentional, as they have these mini adventures, which range from making kites to hiding in the woods to washing your car to a whole variety of different things. But each um, activity, each adventure is linked to a Bible story. I think often we, we think when we're passing our faith, it has to be done in a certain way, perhaps with the family devotions on a Thursday morning where we kind of all sit down quietly for half an hour. But in most of our lives, it's so hectic and challenging. We often haven't got time for that. It doesn't quite work or our kids aren't quite engaged. But when you take your kids on an adventure, um, it creates space in, in a car journey or, or as you're going for a walk to, to kind of reflect upon some bigger things. And so I kind of the book, I unpack 52 different adventures and 52 different Bible stories that link into those adventures. So it gives a really practical way to explore what you're doing physically with a story. And it's got some kind of prayer and conversation ideas too. So my hope is that as dads create these really important memories with their kids, as they create these kind of key moments that will be ever remembered, there will also be an opportunity to share something about the Christian faith and to do it as you're hiking a mountain or as you're building a dam is a great way, I think, to kind of share faith. And they're, they're designed for, for quite young as well as older ones. So it's they're not typical to an age group. Yeah, I mean, yeah, pretty under 14 would be kind of main age group. And I think what, what the research shows is that how important those early years are, that actually um, we often think, it, I think what's happening perhaps in the church circles, we thought that the church is better place to do passing on faith to our kids than we are. And you've got a great Sunday school teacher or a great youth worker, it's their job rather than our job as parents. But I think biblically, there's this great passage in Deuteronomy chapter six, where it talks about, the passing on of faith in the everyday of life. And that really belongs to the whole community, but I think specifically parents. And so for me, this whole idea is actually in the early years, let's make talking about God a natural thing that we do. Rather than being the weird thing that happens once a year, it becomes part of the fabric of our family. We, we talk about faith, we pray together, and Jesus is a kind of central part of who we are. So for me, this book really is a resource to help provoke more conversations about faith, to explore Bible stories with our kids, and to help our kids have space to, to wrestle with things and to work out what they believe themselves. And I think that begins at quite an early age, but not, often they're very, very curious about the unseen and about God. So rather than, you know, waiting till they've perhaps got more kind of questions, actually in those early years, there's a natural desire to want to know more. And this kind of activity creates space for the conversations. It can be a little sometimes intimidating for a parent to sit down in a chair in the living room and have a conversation, you know, that, that, that can make 
an intensity. Whereas if you're doing something with your children, that creates a better space for this kind of conversation. It does. I think I'm just getting reflecting from my own dad, I think, um, you know, he was not very outdoorsy. He wasn't kind of like an Indiana Jones type figure by any means. But I remember uh, one night looking up at the stars and um, him just kind of telling me the story of the shepherds uh, going to find Jesus and uh, he'd been, been born. And that story and just how the same stars that we could see now were the same stars that had probably been in the, you know, in the sky those years ago and just connecting a natural adventure being outside at night time looking at the stars with a biblical passage. Those kind of moments had a profound impact on me, I think, because I think I began to realise that these stories in the Bible were real and they had tangible things and it creates space to, to talk and to reflect and to have a dialogue about things that matter. I think often when we're in the home, I'm often, really often chasing my kids up about missing permission slips and homework and lost shoes and those kind of things. We get so bogged down in the day-to-day. When you leave the house for a little bit and you do something different, it gives you a fresh space to talk about things that really matter in life. We're uh, you're listening to The Leadership Show with Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Andy Frost of Share Jesus International. He's the author of a new book, 52 Faith Adventures for Dads and Their Kids. And on this special uh, Father's Day, we're looking at uh, unpacking this book a little bit and the whole business of parenting and leadership within the home. Um, Andy, as you look at the adventures, I'm not sus- I suspect you haven't done necessarily all of the, all the 52 yourself. Are there any that you haven't done that you're uh, itching to have a go at? Well, I haven't yet done done uh, dam building with my kids yet. It's oh. one thing we haven't managed to do. Um, I did look at it one day, but it was so wet and muddy. I thought <laughs> I can't play that. Today. So, yeah, I've, I've previously got my kids very, very muddy before. Um, so uh, I'm aware of the implications when your children um, become more like a mud bath rather than having a normal bath. So, And you've got two yeah, daughters? Two, two daughters, yeah, now nine and seven. And um, But I just really enjoyed, I guess, doing these things with my kids. And rather than kind of... Uh, just talking out of ideas, actually kind of actually practically doing these things over the last number of years. It's been a real, a real joy for me. And actually in, in launching the book, we made six adventures and um, little videos where we w- took other dads out with their kids and did it with their kids as well. And it's been fantastic, I think, just to just to see how dads can really connect with their kids in these in these ways and to have this sense of adventure. So, Andy, I mean, the, the classic question surrounding this whole area of leadership and parenting is the business of time and energy. So, um, you know, classic, I think it was Dallas Willard who classically said he doesn't know of any uh, Christian leader with a national profile who hasn't sacrificed their family along the way. Now, that was a bit of a bold statement, but um, that was his observation, I suppose, as a Christian leader. Uh, I don't know how you found it, um, the whole time and energy and time for family sort of uh, issues. Yeah, I think for my own dad, I mean, he was, he was brilliant in so many ways, but there were lots of missed things that he missed. So there were, he was a busy guy doing lots of different things for God. Um, yeah, and, and it ended again towards the end of his life as he reflected back. I think the thing he's most proud of was actually his sons rather than what he'd achieved. And so there is a sense thing when we look back on our lives, what will be the most important legacy we leave behind? And I think it really is our kids. And so for me personally, I've been, uh, yeah, I, I can easily get involved in my work and get busy doing emails and screen focused the whole time. But I really try to be intentional in making space to be with my kids. And um, people often say, well, is it is it quantity or is it quality time? And it is, I guess, a challenge there. But I don't think you always get the quality time unless you have the quantity time. 
It's by being around your kids that you suddenly get to be there at those key moments when things come to the surface, when there's things they want to wrestle through. And um, I guess I've been very aware that um, if I'm out kind of sharing my faith with the people around the world, but I'm not sharing my faith with my own kids, then I'm actually missing um, my first and foremost calling, perhaps. So, so I've been kind of challenged by that. I think it's a big challenge for, for church leaders. I think there is always a sense of, well, there's always more we can do. We never, as a church leader, or if you're in, involved in ministry, you never say, oh, no, my work's finished for the day, because there's always more that you can be doing, more that you could be involved with. But in the kinds of point of saying, what, what is the most important thing for my life? And as I reflect on my kids, I'm so aware that they are being discipled by the things they watch on TV. They're being discipled by the playground. And unless I, as a parent, am investing something into their lives, those things will take a, a, a big part of who they become. Yeah. And we don't want them to look back and sad that their parents were Christians rather than glad. Um, I, I'm grateful that my parents were Christians, but um, I appreciate that's a, that's a real privilege. But um, that's something that, uh, you know, sadly, some drift away from the faith because they their parents were never around because they were wedded to the church to the point where they felt excluded. Um, and, you know, that's a sad, sad old business. Um, so, Andy, we've mostly imbibed a kind of cerebral academic uh, style of faith in some parts of the Western church. Um, and I guess for some young people, uh, church can feel like, oh, it's like school again. And I didn't, I don't like school very much. Uh, it's all about education, getting my head full of facts and knowledge. Um, obviously, your book is reminding us that the adventure of life um, has discipleship lessons in it. But actually, discipleship itself is supposed to be a bit of an adventure. And certainly, as you've uh, been engaged with youth through Share Jesus International. That's something you want to be communicating um, to the next generation or to the current generation, should we say? Yeah, completely. I think, um, and, yeah, the danger is thing that there are so many different learning styles for how we learn, how we experience things. And just because a child is being quiet in church, we can presume that their assumption was going really well. But actually, it might mean nothing at all of the sort. So, and we have to understand that children, particularly now in schools, they learn in different ways. As a kid, I grew up in Methodist church. I remember having Saturday morning uh, kind of Bible school. It's kind of two hours each Saturday morning of learning bits of the Bible. And the idea was that if I had the right mental understanding of the Bible scriptures, they kind of filter down into my life. That doesn't always work that way. And so I think how we um, allow children and young people to really explore the Christian faith in different ways is important. I love it how in the Gospels, when you read the stories, there's so much emotion there that actually often they become very, um, we just kind of read these stories and think about the words rather than exploring the emotions in the stories and some of the kind of ways you know, those stories really impact us as we read them. And then wherever I've done youth work, we've always tried to make it as practical as possible. We're actually giving uh, young people examples and opportunities to put that faith into practice in some way. Um, I think looking back into my life and my own journey, it's been those moments where I've really been pushed out of my comfort zone, had to do something for God rather than just talking about God that have been really kind of pivotal in seeing my faith come to life. So for many years we've done short-term mission trips in the UK and when you take a young person away for a week and you put them on the front line and you help them to work out how they articulate their testimony or how they, um, how they can serve practically in some way, that is in those moments where suddenly they discover that the Christian faith is a thing of risk where you're kind of stepping out for God, that in those moments, faith becomes much more real. And perhaps there is a challenge for the church that too often we are academically classroom based rather than seeing what our faith looks like when it's um, explored 
in the big world. Yeah. Uh, and of course, one of the issues in that whole uh, thing is that you know, people are taught stuff that they don't quite need. They don't know why they need it. But when you're in the front line and you're having, you're, you're, someone's asking you a question, you say, oh, I need to know the answers. And then, then it, you become motivated. It's the whole, the whole process becomes real. I, um, I think Mike Frost, the, the famous Australian evangelist, talked about the importance of mission as a, as a tool to help your prayer life, to help your Bible study, and to help your prayer, uh, your, your the fellowship with others because you're in it together. So the whole thing revolves around mission to some extent. Yeah, it does. Think it's it's like I would never look at the manual for my car; it just sits in the, in the glove glove box. But as soon as the car goes wrong, I I bring out that thing to work out what's gone wrong. But yeah. I guess our faith in many ways can be that we have all this resource, but we're not actually doing thing with it. And so until we actually begin to step out and share our faith and discover what God's called us to do in a different places of, of leadership that it's in those moments that we need to reflect back and to maybe dig deeper in some of those resources and see how we can be more articulate as we share or um, be more compassionate as we serve and to really explore what it looks like practically going forwards. Andy, as we, as we come to a close in our conversation, um, obviously your book is, is focused on under 14s. Um, there'll be leaders listening who, you know, now have, I guess, grandchildren and certainly their own children who are grown up. And um, I, I guess you would say it's never too late to forge that relationship. So, I mean, some Christians in leadership maybe weren't Christians when they were dads to their younger children. Um, so maybe a few words for those who are, who are a little older and have a different kind of relationship and maybe have grandchildren as well. Yeah, I think first of all, all of this stuff, it's so important that no, there are no guarantees that ultimately my kids have to make their own choice. And so I can do what I do now, but no matter, you'll have some parents who who sow so much into their kids and yet completely desert God, and others do very little, yet somehow their kids end up becoming the next uh, archbishop. So you've got no idea how it's all going to work out in this way. But um, I think throughout it all, there's a real importance of being open with our kids and, um, and, and sharing honestly and, and bringing God appropriately into conversations. But ultimately, it's about prayer, I think. It's about bringing our kids before God and keep praying uh, for them, to pray with them when it's appropriate, but to keep praying for them. And there were there was a time in my teenage years when I went completely off the rails where I think my dad thought that he'd lost me and my brother. We're never going to come back to faith. And my brother got into more trouble than me. And I never involved the police. Um, but uh, interestingly, that he kept praying for us. And, you know, a few years later, we kind of came back. And for some people, it might be a long, long time before they actually come back. Um, but just to keep praying for them is a really important thing. And ultimately, that God loves our kids more than we do. And that's a really weird kind of thing to think through, really. But actually, he's more committed to our kids than we are. And he longs for them to be in relationship more than we long for them to be in relationship with him. So I think holding those things in tension, praying for our kids, and just being aware that when there are the opportunities to take them, but to do it kind of prayerfully and to do it kind of gently is an important thing. Thank, well, thank you, Andy. Um, and just uh, as we come to a definite close um how can people get a copy of this book it's available via the care for the family website um, and it's called 52 faith adventures for dads and their kids i think it'll be available from other bookshops and other retailers in the coming days as well it's just gone live this week so uh, yeah look out for it in different places and it's available as a physical book as well as a digital or just one or the other I think it's just physical. I think it's a full color thing with lots of them um, kind of practical things to do and things to tick off. So it's very much a, a kind of workbook rather than being just a, a thing on a Kindle. And I guess uh, it can get a bit damp or dry out. 
Yeah, sure. Well, I've, I've seen it. It does look fabulous. I, I've um, had a look at the PDF of the of the of the book, and it's beautifully illustrated. And uh, yeah, it's the sort of book that that makes you want to do the activities and engage in. So, congratulations on the book, and uh, trust it does really well to do the the thing that you hope it does and connect uh, dads with their kids. So, on this Father's Day, thank you so much for sharing about this and also your own journey. Hey, thank you, Andy. Great to be with you. That was my conversation with Andy Frost and an encouragement to us all to spend time and make time for our children, whatever their age. He spoke of how he had drifted away from faith himself. And it may be that your children are not where you'd like them to be with respect to Christianity. Who knows what the future may hold? Keep praying and gently connecting so they feel loved and cared for regardless. And who knows what God will do in their lives. So that book again from Andy Frost is uh, 52 Faith Adventures for Dads and Their Kids. And uh, he mentioned it's available from uh, Care for the Family. So that's the place uh, to go via uh, their website, no doubt. Uh, as always, it's been a joy to have your company. Uh, don't forget there are lots of uh, archive shows on Premier's website or via your favourite podcast uh, platform. Uh, and as always, I'm very open for you to email me ideas of potential guests or topics that you feel should really be looked at in this kind of uh, forum. We have about 27 minutes to, to chat about things, so enough time to, to dig deeply into topics of interest and value uh, to Christians who seek to be of influence where God has placed them, uh, sometimes in a leadership role, sometimes in a more ad hoc fashion as they lead their lives and seek to put their head, as it were, above the parapet and say, we want change to take place in this situation and I'm going to make sure that happens and I'm going to uh, pray that God would do something and I'm going to be the catalyst for that as a leader uh, in that particular place. So if that's you, uh, do uh, email me and we'll uh, maybe uh, have a show that's designed around the kind of topics that you think are vital. Uh, Andy.peck at premier.org.uk is where you can get in touch with me. So I uh, look forward to your company again next Sunday at four or via podcast wherever you get your podcast from. The Leadership Show with Andy Peck. Email andy.peck at premier.org.uk.